From 1987 to 1997, Frank Sinatra's version of Love and Marriage was the theme song behind the opening credits to the Fox TV show Married with Children, which also featured an image of a beautiful water fountain with the Chicago skyline behind it coming alive, shooting water high into the air. I didn't watch the show, allegedly set in the Chicago suburbs of Schaumburg, so I don't know if the characters ever made reference to this fountain. But for those of you who have not seen it in person yet, it is a real fountain in Chicago referred to locally as Buckingham Fountain. Today we're going to discuss the history of the Charles Buckingham Memorial Fountain, the designer, Edward H. Bennett, and Kate Sturgis Buckingham, the woman responsible for getting it made. I'm Tommy Henry, and this is the Chicago History Podcast. Born in Zanesville, Ohio in 1858, Kate Sturgis Buckingham moved to Chicago with her family a year later. Her mother, Lucy's father, Solomon Sturgis, built the first grain elevator in Chicago. Kate's father, Ebenezer Buckingham, also built grain elevators, banks, and later the Southside Elevated Railway. Kate, her older brother Clarence, and younger sister Lucy Maud grew up in luxury, often taking trips to Europe with their parents. Along the way, they were taught to appreciate the finer things, including art. In October of 1871, the Great Chicago Fire burned for 36 hours, destroying three and a half square miles in the heart of the city and leveling more than 18,000 structures. One-third of the city's approximately 300,000 residents lost their homes, and at least 300 died. This fire not only destroyed the north side home of the Buckinghams, but also the grain elevators along the Chicago River. The family eventually rebuilt the grain business and settled in a new home at 2036 South Prairie Avenue. Their home on Prairie Avenue eventually grew to hold one of the finest private art collections in all of Chicago. In 1873, when Kate Buckingham was 15, she decided to raise Christmas funds for the children in the county hospital, a pretty uncommon act for one so young in those times. With her father's permission, on Christmas Eve, she headed out to the hospital with gifts for the kids and a Christmas tree, which was set up in the children's ward, adorned by lit candles. Sadly, those candles started a fire, and while no one was hurt, the tree and all the gifts were lost. Undeterred, Kate set out once again to raise money for gifts for each child, which she accomplished. Clarence Buckingham started out working in the family business and later became a broker and director with the Corn Exchange National Bank and the Illinois Trust and Savings Company. He was involved in insurance, steel, and real estate and served for some time as the president of the Northwestern Elevated Railroad Company. Clarence was part of the team who helped get the Ravenswood Line, now referred to as the Brown Line, extended to Kimball and Lawrence Avenue. The interest in art instilled in Clarence by his family developed more strongly in the 1890s when he began compiling a collection of exceptional Japanese woodblock prints assisted by Art Institute curator Frederick W. Gukin and architect Frank Lloyd Wright. 
According to the Women of the Art Institute page on the Art Institute's website, Kate Buckingham's earliest gifts to the museum were a collection of snuff bottles and miniature figures in jade, lapis, amber, and porcelain, followed by Chinese bronzes, porcelains, Japanese prints, and Gothic and medieval art. After the sudden death of her brother Clarence in 1913 at the age of 58 and her sister Lucy Maud seven years later in 1920, Kate became the sole remaining member of the Buckingham family and its fortune. Her dedication as a patron of the arts intensified. Between 1921 and 1938, an impressive collection of more than 400 Chinese ritual bronzes was donated to the Art Institute in memory of her sister Lucy Maud. These pieces became the foundation of the Art Institute's Asian art collection. In 1924, Buckingham also donated her own collection of medieval sculpture, tapestries, and decorative arts to the Art Institute, where they were installed in a Gothic period room named in Buckingham's honor. In 1925, Kate Buckingham donated her brother Clarence's collection of thousands of Japanese prints to the Art Institute. A little about Grant Park, originally called Lake Park. It was renamed in 1901 for Ulysses S. Grant, the 18th president, and is known as Chicago's Front Yard. It covers roughly 320 acres along Chicago's lakefront and exists mainly because of decisions made nearly 190 years ago. Back in 1836, the state legislature set up a commission to oversee the building of the Illinois and Michigan Canal. They began selling off land around the site of the old Fort Dearborn to pay for the canal, but for reasons lost to history, the commissioners designated a thin strip of shoreline east of Michigan Avenue between Madison and 11th Streets as, quote, public ground, a common to remain forever open, clear and free of any buildings or other obstruction whatever, end quote. Basically a park. The Canal Commission added the shoreline between Madison and Randolph Streets to the forever open list in 1839. Chicago is obviously a different city now than it was in 1836, and although structures have been added to Grant Park, along the way there were those who fought to keep Grant Park as an open space in keeping with what those commissioners wrote. For decades, the site that would eventually feature the Buckingham Fountain had been the subject of much controversy. Architect Daniel H. Burnham, so key in the development of Chicago, had planned to build the Field Museum of Natural History in this location, in the center of Grant Park near the city's lakefront, but was thwarted by none other than a businessman by the name of Aaron Montgomery Ward. Yes, that Montgomery Ward. As the story goes, in 1890, Ward, a Chicago merchant and pioneer in the mail-order business, looked out his office window at 10 South Michigan Avenue in disgust. The area east of Michigan Avenue was an eyesore. It was a city dump filled with the charred remains of the Chicago fire from nearly 20 years before, with shanties and poorly constructed stables and halls where dogfights and wrestling matches were held. He is quoted as saying to his attorney, George P. Merrick, quote, Merrick, this is a damned shame. Go and stop it, end quote. For the next 20 years, that is what they did. When Burnham tried to have the Field Museum built where the Buckingham Fountain is currently, 
Ward mounted four Illinois State Supreme Court battles to prevent the building's construction at this location to keep the park's lakefront view free and clear of any obstructions. A June 27, 1908 article in the Chicago Tribune lends a little clarity to Ward's efforts to make sure Grant Park would not be occupied with buildings of any description. He had purchased land next to the park. After Ward won his final case in late 1910, the South Park Commission, wishing to avoid continued battles with Ward, left the site undeveloped. Ward died three years later. When you pass by or visit Grant Park, you should quietly thank Montgomery Ward. In the early 1920s, English-born architect Edward H. Bennett, longtime associate of Daniel Burnham and co-author of The Plan of Chicago of 1909, prepared new plans to complete Grant Park. Bennett conceived of a monumental fountain to serve as the park's focal point without obstructing views of Lake Michigan. Kate Sturgis Buckingham agreed to donate money for the construction and maintenance of the fountain, which would be dedicated to her brother Clarence. Edward Bennett collaborated with French sculptor Marcel-Francois Loyo and engineer Jacques H. Lambert excuse my French, literally, to design the monument. Inspired by the Latona Basin at Versailles, the fountain is comprised of four basins covered in detailed carved granite and pink Georgia marble. The Buckingham Fountain is twice the size of its French counterpart and recirculates approximately three times more water. Chicago's Fountain also features four pairs of Art Deco-style seahorses that symbolize the four states that border Lake Michigan's shoreline. Work commenced in August of 1925 and took nearly two years to complete. In case you think Kate Buckingham just threw money at the Fountain Project and waited for others to complete it, that is far from the truth. Kate Buckingham's vision of the Fountain was one whose effect would be that of, quote, soft moonlight, end quote, and Buckingham worked many nights with technicians testing the various colors of glass filters and currents to produce an ethereal mystical aura. The Clarence Buckingham Memorial Fountain was officially dedicated on August 26, 1927, with a final construction cost of $750,000, plus the Buckingham Fountain Endowment Fund of $300,000 to pay for maintenance. That's a little more than $15.6 million in today's money. Its official address is 301 South Columbus Drive at Congress, although today it is easily visible from the east on Lakeshore Drive. Newspapers of the day reported an estimated 50,000 people attended the ceremonies, which included the inaugural performance of the Fountain's Water Jets Illuminated by Colored Lights, set to a live performance of Stars and Stripes Forever, conducted by John Philip Souza. The fountain, which contains 820 lights, has a water capacity of 1.5 million gallons. During major displays, depending on wind conditions, Buckingham Fountain recirculates approximately 14,100 gallons of water per minute through 134 jets. Water is recirculated from the base pool after the basins are filled and not drawn from the outside except to replace losses from evaporation and wind. During normal operations, the fountain produces a major water display for 20 minutes every hour, which includes the center jet shooting water 150 feet into the air. 
Major displays begin daily at 9 a.m. and continue every hour on the hour. And beginning at dusk, a spectacular light and music display accompanies the major display, also beginning every hour on the hour for 20 minutes. Each evening, the final major display begins at 10.35 p.m. From its opening in 1927 and well into the 1970s, the Buckingham Fountain was manually operated, primarily by two men each working 12-hour shifts. By the early 80s, the Chicago Park District entered into a contract with Honeywell to fully automate the operations. While the computer was located on site, the actual monitoring took place remotely, off-premises. For the first few years, the monitoring system was based in the Chicago suburbs, but by the mid-1980s, the monitoring system was moved to Atlanta, Georgia. It returned to suburban Chicago in 1994. Also in 1994, suffering from masonry problems, the Buckingham Fountain underwent a major conservation project funded by the Buckingham Fund of the Art Institute and the Chicago Park District. Between 2009 and 2012, additional repairs were made at the fountain, including landscape improvements and plumbing and computer upgrades. Back in 1995, it was announced seven projects by Chicago Architects won prestigious National Design Awards from the American Institute of Architects. The year before, Chicago had been shut out of the category, but came back strong in 1995, taking five of 14 awards, the most won in the city since the awards program started in 1949. Chicagoans were also honored in the interiors and urban design categories, bringing the total to seven. For the Architecture Awards, I should point out there were 425 entries. One of the winning projects was the restoration of the Clarence Buckingham Memorial Fountain, led by architects Uriel Schlar and Jerry McElvain of the Harry Weiss Associates Firm. The 68-year-old fountain's crumbling concrete frame was replaced, and its sea-theme Beaux-Arts exterior was meticulously restored. Architect Edward H. Bennett went on to help plan the 1933 Chicago Century of Progress exhibition. He died in 1954. In 2008, Edward Bennett's grandson, Edward Bennett III, donated a sizable collection of Bennett's personal papers, drawings, photographs, and personal notebooks for the 1909 Plan of Chicago to Lake Forest College. Images are available in Lake Forest College Library's digital collections. I will have links to those in the show notes. Kate Sturgis Buckingham died at her home at 2450 North Lakeview Avenue in Chicago's Lincoln Park neighborhood on December 14, 1937, at the age of 79, and is buried in Woodlawn Cemetery in Zanesville, Ohio, with her family. The day after her death, the Chicago Tribune included the line, To tell the life story of Kate Buckingham would be to tell the story of Chicago. The ever-generous Kate Buckingham, never married and without children, left more than a half million dollars to friends and relatives. She left another $126,000 to her maid, chauffeur, children of her caretaker, her nurses, doormen, and even elevator operators at the Lakeview building in which she resided. That, by the way, would be more than $11 million in today's money. She left another $3.1 million for art and cultural organizations, including $2 million to the Art Institute of Chicago. 
Whenever the subject of her generosity was raised, Kate Buckingham responded, quote, I did no more than I ought to as a good Chicagoan. One other Chicago monument that Kate Buckingham helped bring to fruition is the Alexander Hamilton statue at the northernmost section of Lincoln Park in the triangle formed by Diversity, Sheridan, and Stockton. That story is pretty bonkers, but we'll have to wait for another episode. Kate Buckingham had her family home on South Prairie Avenue raised in 1925. The building on Lakeview Avenue where she lived out her final days is still there. Architect Edward Bennett's former home on 89 East Deer Path Road in Lake Forest, Illinois, designed and built in 1916, was known as Bagatelle and was modeled after its namesake French country house, Le Chateau de Bagatelle. The French Renaissance-style estate is still there and is listed in the National Register of Historic Places. It features three buildings on two acres with a 9,300-square-foot home, a coach house, and a studio that was added in 1936. According to Cranes, the home had been owned and occupied since 2005 by Alan Lacey, the final chairman and CEO of Sears, Roebuck & Company, before its acquisition by Kmart when it was listed in 2015 for $4.25 million. It sold in 2017 for $2.664 million. In 2013, the Chicago Park District upgraded the Buckingham Fountain computer system with a non-proprietary Allen Bradley PLC system. Today, all of the automation and monitoring for the Clarence Buckingham Memorial Fountain takes place on site. James O'Donnell Bennett, a columnist for the Chicago Tribune, writing about the fountain just a week after its dedication in 1927, said in part, quote, In a week, the Buckingham Fountain has captured the imagination of the town, enlarged its aesthetic sense, and done its spiritual good. The gift is more than a memorial to Clarence Buckingham. It is an expression of the lake by which it is fed and which it extols. As such, Chicago has comprehended it, and as such loves it. It is the lyric of the lake. It will never grow old or commonplace. Sunlight and shadow, mounting and waning breeze, will ever renew and ever vary its spectacle and its song. It will go on forever. Do you have fond memories of Buckingham Fountain? Do you have questions about anything covered today or have a different topic you think might be a good fit for an episode of the Chicago History Podcast? If so, send me an email at chicagohistorypod at gmail.com. I will be posting news articles, pictures, and ads from back in the day related to this episode on the Chicago History Podcast social media pages. Check it out and give us a like, please. Thanks, as always, to John K. Schneider for creating the Chicago History Podcast logo and the art used on the social media pages. He can be found at AngelEyesArtJKS on Instagram or via email at AngelEyesArtJKS at gmail.com. If you would, please take a moment and like, subscribe, and kindly review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and tell a friend. It helps us get the word out and reach new history fans and fans of Chicago. Get out and explore whenever possible. Learn more about whatever city you live in and stay safe. Thanks for listening. <laughs>